Welcome to Watershed's June podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. Cannes is not the world's most famous film festival for nothing. Although infamous may be more appropriate this year, given the Heelgate issue which rained down following an allegedly overzealous security guard rejecting some women for not wearing high heels. The discrimination on the red carpet though is shared out with men similarly rejected for not wearing the requisite shiny black shoes or a tie instead of a bow tie. Such are the fashion perils of the famed Tenu de Soiree competition evening screening at Cannes. That small spat to one side is the films which take centre stage and the sense that at this moment in time, film is of course not a matter of life and death. They are in fact much, much more important than that, to misquote football manager Bill Shankly. What follows then are some of my highlights from this year's festival, which, with a fair wind and a distribution deal, should be coming to Watershed at some point in the near future. The first film I wanted to see when I heard the Cannes competition announced turned out to be the very last of my 30 films watched during the festival. I'd been aware of Todd Haynes' Carol for maybe a year now, primarily through the fact that it is being shot by cinematographer Ed Lachman. Lachman is one of the great cinematographers whose work embodies an indelible spirit of independence and references beyond film to photography and painting. He has worked with many directors, but over the past decade formed strong creative relationships with Todd Haynes and also Austrian director Ulrich Seidel. Carol, set in America of the 50s, invokes the paintings of Edward Hopper, but is less of an homage to the period than the previous collaboration, Far From Heaven. I have only seen two of the great Philippine director Brillante Mendoza's previous films. Those were Kinate and The Captive. These have both been intense and tough portraits of police corruption in Kinate and terrorism in The Captive. His cinematic style is energetic and engrossing. It was with some trepidation that I went to see his new film, given the intensity of the previous two I'd seen. Taklob was no less intense, following the remnants of the devastated community post-Super Typhoon. Taklob is possibly the greatest film I've seen in a while. It is to the early 21st century what Rossellini's Rome Open City was to the post-World War II era telling of an urgent story of humanity in the ruins of a traumatised community. On arrival in Cannes, faced with over 200 screenings happening each day, it is disorientating to know where to get started. As I picked over some titles in the market, a colleague mentioned they were off to see the new Icelandic film in the Uncertain Regards strand of the festival. Icelandic film was enough to go on, and Rams delivered all that is sublime, warm and idiosyncratic about the country's cinema, centering on two sheep farming brothers who haven't spoken for over 40 years and unexpectedly have to confront their feud when a disease threatens their herds. In our current impact of conflict season, running across the UK and online at conversationsaboutcinema.co.uk, we screened the documentary Night Will Fall, which featured terrifying and moving footage from the liberation of the concentration camps in 1945. The problem for all filmmakers is how do you fictionalise such horror? First time feature director Laszlo Niemes finds a visual language 
somewhere between Christoph Kozlowski and the Dardenne brothers, to suggest the horror and immerse the viewer in the terrifying environment of a recreated death camp as a Hungarian Jewish prisoner seeks some kind of salvation. Son of Saul is an astonishingly powerful piece of work, testament to the memory of the past and testament to the power of cinema. Thai director Apichapong wears a tickle, introduced a dreamy, magical realism into world cinema with films like Tropical Malady and Syndromes in a Century. His new film, Cemetery of Splendour, continues that distinctive, absorbing and meditative style, weaving a sublime, sometimes humorous exploration of the spirit realm seeping into the real world of traumatised soldiers who are recuperating in hospital. Like all of Apichapong's films, Cemetery of Splendour lingers long in the imagination and transforms the real world outside of the cinema. Five films then, which for me re-impress the power of world cinema, the art of film and the status of Cannes as the leading film festival, despite a wobble over high heels. Keep an eye out for these films coming to Watershed at some point in the future. That's all for this month.